0: Hello, I'm Alison Larkin, writer, comedian, narrator and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. Join me as we embark on a journey through Austen's timeless stories, starting with Pride and Prejudice. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available
1: wherever you listen to podcasts
2: everybody before we get started merry christmas happy holidays and joyous new year to you and yours
3: does that stand for jenny owen young's new year
2: that's right please have the most jenny owen young's new year you possibly can manage i know it's hard but just give it your best shot
3: We are about to dive into a very special episode where we get to interview the mayor of Santa Barbara, also known as the possible site of Sunnydale, California. Uh, This mayor, we think, is a little bit nicer. Slightly nicer than Richard J. Wilkins III. Definitely didn't use as much hand sanitizer, I can tell you that much. Uh, But we got to interview Mayor Helene Schneider of Santa Barbara, who's a huge Buffy fan, and invited us up to Santa Barbara to take us on a tour and prove once and for all that Sunnydale is, in fact, Santa Barbara And Mayor Helene uh, asked Nerf Herder, also Santa Barbara natives, if they would sit down and speak with us. And so we got to speak to two of the members of Nerf Herder, Perry Grip and Steve Sherlock, who are just the dreamiest dreamboats of all time. So we are about to dive into that. But before we do, in the grand uh, capitalist American tradition,
2: we are having a post-Christmas sale because why not? If Santa didn't bring you the Smash the Demon Lizard patriarchy gear you were so hoping for, you can now get... 15% off through the end of the year by using the code BY2017 in our shop. That's B-Y-E 2017, as in good riddance 2017. And all you need to do to use that code is just go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com, click on shop, find all of the swag that you so deeply desire, put it in your cart,
3: use that code, and then check out. Great. Yes, and um, before we get into the episode, we want to say two other things. One, thank you all for helping us support new alternatives in December, as you know. Yeah, as you know, Jenny and I write, handwrite lyric sheets every month, and they go to different causes, and in December, we raised funds for New Alternatives, a New York City-based organization that provides support specifically to LGBTQ homeless young people, and you all scooped up those lyric sheets so quickly that we were able to send them $500 well before the holiday season, which mm-hmm. was really, really wonderful, so thank you for that. If you are in the spirit of giving before we leap on into January, we want to just say we taped this episode in Santa Barbara in November. November and as many of you know maybe all of you know there has been really really incredible damage done to the Ventura County area to Ojai and to nearby Santa Barbara County. The fire is the biggest fire recorded, I believe, in state history in California at this point. And people need your help, long and short, right? People always need your help. But this special episode, we're going to ask you to give that help to the people affected by the Southern California wildfires. And a great place that you can do that is called Direct Relief. That's directrelief.org. And on directrelief.org, you can pick what cause you want to give to, and you can specifically say the Southern California wildfires. That was an organization that was actually specifically recommended by Mayor Helene Schneider. So we think it checks mm. out. Um, if you can, end of your giving, I know is a thing. If you can, head on over there and uh, and give them some love.
2: Yes, please. And uh, now let's uh, get into this hot episode. Welcome to a very special episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where usually we are watching and discussing one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer at a time. However, that's not what we're doing today, is it, Kristen?
3: Oh, hello. It is not. I am here. I am also here. It is a special episode because we are not, Jenny. We're not going to discuss an episode today, though we will be back next week with a discussion on the Zeppo. And we have a special guest for that episode. Andrew T., who is the host of the podcast Yo, Is This Racist? joins us for a discussion on Xander's biggest episode, I think, in the whole series. Uh, And an episode that has a lot of patriarchal stuff in it as well. Um, We'll get there. Don't get ahead of yourself, Kristen. Jeez. (laughs) So today, we are not talking about the patriarchy, at least not much. Instead, we traveled to Santa Barbara, California, because we were summoned there. So I want to talk to you all about this. So in May of this year, we received an email, and this email came from somebody named Tanya. And I'm just going to read the beginning of the email and then a little bit of an excerpt of this list that came with the email. So Tanya wrote, Dear Kristen and Jenny, I am writing on behalf of a group of friends of mine. We are a group of kick-ass, progressive, politically active women of varied sexual orientations who fight the patriarchy—well, there it is already—and have bonded over our mutual love of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. A couple of us have written songs about Buffy, performing them for each other at our group Buffy Watch Sessions. Obviously, the premise of your podcast jumped out to us and we have all fallen in love with buffering. The most important thing for you to know about our group is that, now this is in bold, we live in the real Sunnydale, (laughs) a.k.a. Santa Barbara. The evidence for Sunnydale being Santa Barbara is too abundant to list here, but can be found on the Buffy Wiki page about Sunnydale under the section titled Evidence for a Location in the Santa Barbara Region. (laughs) Our group feels strongly that you both need to come here and see it for yourself. Maybe you could even record an episode here. We would suggest a third season episode because our mayor is a huge Buffy fan. Now, then they go on to list many reasons why we should go to uh, Santa Barbara. And I'm just going to read a few. There were ten, but a few. You you will meet the mayor of Santa Barbara was reason number one, a.k.a. the mayor of Sunnydale. Number two, you will visit the mayor's office where you can look for shrunken heads in the cabinets. And number three, you will see the location that's on the B-roll of Sunnydale. Now, there were many, many more, but I'm going to stop there. Also, Tanya signed the email, let us know when to expect you, which I also (laughs) love. So we decided to go and this November, just about a month ago, not even, we went up to Santa Barbara and they had all, now I should say Helene, one of the people I named in that list is the mayor. Her name is Helene Schneider and she is the mayor of Santa Barbara, huge Buffy fan. Uh, And we decided we're gonna do this. This is too perfect. We're in season three, the mayor's in season three and the mayor of Santa Barbara wants to talk to us. These women sound incredible. And so we went up and they curated a tour of the city based on the evidence that this city was in fact Sunnydale.
2: Yeah, they took us to see a dilapidated mansion that was totally abandoned overlooking the whole downtown area. They <laughs> took us by some bluffs, perfect for uh, sitting on at uh, Christmas morning before the sun comes up when you're angel. Uh, they showed us a lot of different A and B comparisons between maps of Santa Barbara and maps that are shown within the context of the show as maps of Sunnydale. And let me tell you, they're pretty much, it's just, it's pretty clear that Sunnydale is Santa Barbara based on freeway curvature, based on weather maps that are shown in Amends, for example. It's all Right there for you.
3: Yes. And for it's, us. And so we we have, you can look at some of this stuff uh, just on the wiki page, like they mentioned in their email, but Darcel, the uh, organized Excel spreadsheet driven member of the group put together a compilation of all of the things that we saw. And so we're going to put that up on our Patreon page and you can see, I mean, it was really, really incredible. They did amazing work. And I think we would have been convinced even with half the amount of work they did, but they went over and above for us. So, in addition to all of this incredible evidence that, again, you can find over on our Patreon page, I don't even know if you need it. You know Santa Barbara's, everybody, right? This is, <laughs> come on, we all know now. Uh, but you can find that all on our Patreon page by going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and clicking on Patreon. It's there for everybody. You don't have to be a patron of ours to see it. We're not going to withhold information from the masses. No, no, important data. Yes, must very be important spread. data. So, uh, in addition to this incredible tour, we were also able to sit down with Mayor Helene Schneider uh, to talk to her about A, you know her journey to politics. I think it is just very special to be able to sit down with somebody who is in politics, who journeyed on the road to get to be in politics, and who is also a huge Buffy fan because so much of what we talk about here on the podcast is like, look at this badass vampire slayer and all of her friends Fighting the good fight to stand up against evil and we draw some lines, if you will, to how that relates to our current political landscape. So to get the chance to talk to her about, you know, that journey of hers and also ask her questions like, what do you think you would do if you were the mayor? (laughs) Uh, on a hell mouth, if you found out that you were on a... So it was very, very fun and in addition to getting to speak to Mayor Helene Schneider, we also, because of our mayoral connections in the town of Santa Barbara, <laughs> were able to sit down with Perry Grip and Steve Sherlock, two of the members of Nerf Herder who, as you well know, wrote and performed the theme song to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah! Yeah! It was a really, really, really fun trip and we are so excited, especially on this holiday week, to share this little nugget of fun with you. Yes. Yes. Uh, so first, we are going to sit down and have a little chat with Mayor Helene Schneider, elected to office in 2010, about to close out her second term. She's just got a few days left in office.
2: And no demonic ascension to not, date not that we're yet. aware of. Not
3: that we know of.
2: So now let's hear from Mayor Helene.
3: Wow. So here we sit. Here we sit indeed. Here we sit with Helene, Mayor of the city of Santa Barbara. And we were summoned here by you and some of your affiliates uh, <laughs> for a purpose, a very specific purpose, which was to convince us once and for all, not just Jenny and I, but I believe that the, the goal was larger one, to reach all of our listeners and perhaps even beyond, to convince us all that Santa Barbara is, in fact, uh, Sunnydale. Correct. To Home Alt. It's true. Well, first of all, thank you for summoning us. Good, well, I'm <laughs> so glad you're here. We've been we're,
4: we've been very excited all day, well, for months actually, anticipating you coming. So, um, so tell us uh, tell us about your relationship to Buffy. So I encountered Buffy. Um, the reruns were already starting, but the actual regular run, I think, was in season five. But there were still reruns, right? So. Uh, and and I caught it on season four, so I'm not going to talk about what happened there. But so I I got to watch the reruns and then catch up with the actual show, which was either season five or six. And then the reruns went back to season one, which was a really weird way to <laughs> understand what had happened. You know, the prequel. It was like a prequel, right? You know, mm-hmm. instead of actually going in order. Um. But then you know, it 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 went from there. I mean, I uh, have all the DVDs. I have other dvd's related to the show it's um it's just one of those it's just one of those um series that there's so many layers to it and uh they're obviously friends here who think the same way and we actually have buffy watches before we knew you guys existed and and actually there's a lot of life stories and life history life um lessons i think in buffy that are really important ones totally yeah. <clears throat> that was a w- Magnificent answer.
2: <laughs> I've never heard such a great answer. Yes. Do you have a favorite
4: character? I go different. Well, it's Xander, of course. No, of course. Just kidding. <laughs> kidding. We're like, kidding. And interview is over. Uh, <laughs> actually, Spike. Spike's my favorite character. Um, I think about Spike because... Uh, I appreciate, Spike tells it like it is, whether you like hearing it or not. Um, Mm. I uh, have sometimes done that in my role, and it's gotten me into big trouble. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I've done it, and it's been appreciated. But, uh, um, you know, whether it's for good reasons or bad or whatever his rationale or intent is, you know where Spike is coming from. And and he's also, um, he can see beyond what others see. And I think... You know, he's, I know he's evil, but you know, I guess he, everyone has their flaws here. Uh, and who there. doesn't like he's a little evil, evil I right? Know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plus, I, you know, I grew up in New York in the '80s, and so the whole Billy Idol uh, thing was, you know, I was a big Billy Idol fan. So there's a little bit of that going on. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. So yes.
3: tell us, because you grew up in New York, which is why we immediately fell into a great relationship together. Um but but you got you left New York you're here and you are the mayor of Santa Barbara so can you tell us how that happened like how did the, how did life Explain unfold Explain yourself. <laughs> Yeah, explain
4: yourself. Yeah. Well, uh, there was not a spell, um, I don't think. Um, but uh, No, I moved out here in 1992 after college. Um, it was for love. The person I was with went, went got his uh, PhD at, at UC Santa Barbara, and, and I heard Santa Barbara was a nice place. I'm like, mm, sounds fine. Uh, but you'll appreciate this. I was a, a, a women's studies minor in college, and my senior year uh, I interned at Planned Parenthood, and I was working in their public relations office, and this was in 1992. So there was a couple things going on about reproductive freedom and women's rights. Um, I don't know what we're talking about now, but you know it's just, but there was a yeah, big it's deal good we got past marches all on that. Washington, women's <laughs> rights kind of stuff. So I was very much involved in that and but I remember in my senior feminist seminar I was, getting strange looks when, I, when they were asking what I was doing. It's like, well, I'm following my boyfriend to grad school, but I want to work for a feminist organization. And <laughs> uh, that's it actually happened. So I we got here, uh, I got connected with the local Planned Parenthood affiliate, uh, got involved with a local campaign that was happening in 1992, big, big year that year for presidential politics, uh, mm-hmm. and actually got a job at Planned Parenthood, stayed there, and as a volunteer then got more and more involved with local – Campaigns and issues and advocacy, and slowly c- it got into a position on the city council. I ran in 2003, and then the mayor's seat opened up in 2009. And just sort of one thing led to another. Kind and, of here, and then there and, you were. And then, right, and here you are. Wow. So it all,
3: yeah. It's incredible. And, yeah. How, how does. Buffy, because you're, you're not just like a person who has watched Buffy, right? You're, you're, no, I bu- watch, right? You're part of the Buffy. club. Yeah, right. um, so I wonder how um, the series and characters or plot lines on the series have impacted your political life or right. like how they inform your decisions or anything like that. Yeah. Well,
4: one of the things I love about the show is that uh, what you see on the surface is not necessarily the truth. I mean, even you know, Angel has a soul, or Spike might be evil, but he actually helps out once in a while, or someone you think is good is not helping out, mm-hmm. or you know, friendship betrayals, or just what's considered right and good and truth, or or maybe it's okay to not tell the whole story, or you know, there's a lot of that angst and friendships and relationships, but then when the going gets tough of coming together, you know, I, you know, frankly, advocacy work. Um, not just whether you're elected or not, but advocacy work. there's a lot of that and um, and friendships um, get strong or then they kind of fade away and then they come back again and that uh, there's there's I, I think there are parallels, for sure. Of course, it's not necessarily the apocalypse that we're dealing with, but you know, sometimes <laughs> well. in Santa Barbara, you would think that with the public comment, sometimes on some issues that show up <laughs> at City Hall that you think that the end of the world was coming. So, <laughs> you know, and you have to interact with people and do what you can and, and do what you think is right.
3: Yeah. 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 You've talked about how this, how the series influences you and and how it's influenced your decisions and things like this. But I'm wondering if you were to sit down with the mayor of Sunnydale. If If you were to, you know, just get the chance to have a chat with Mayor Wilkins, if you would have some advice for him or if you think you could learn anything from him in return, what would that relationship look like?
4: Yeah, he likes his committees. I think we have that in common. There's task forces. There's comm- We have process. There's definitely process. So we'd have to talk about about that. Um, uh, and and I'd want to learn from him about his Teflon because uh, mm. you know being able just to take stabs in the back or wherever or or feeling like you're getting you know chopped in two and you're just fine <laughs> with it. Right. Um, that that seems to be that seems to be pretty good. Um, you know he. Uh, you need, well, I think any elected or any leader here, you, you, it's not just you alone. I mean, even Buffy is knowing that. It's it's her Scoobies. It's her posse. It's her friends. It's her, you know, who are her um, compadres that um, make things happen and work with you? And everyone has their role. And the mayor seems actually to be pretty alone. You'd think after, what, 100 years or whatever, that yeah. he'd have a few more friends out there. <laughs> um, or at least, you know, and, I mean, Mr. Trick wasn't very an old friend that was a relatively new. new ally, yeah, right? Yeah, so, totally. So that... Turnover is probably pretty high. I mean, well, mortality rate yeah, right. but you'd think, on the mayor team. Yeah, but you'd think there'd be a few more people within the city government who would kind of know what was going on. Sure. That, you know, you can't just rely on poor Alan. I
3: mean, he was poor getting a little... Poor Alan.
4: He was just... Whew, he
3: was just... <laughs> so much stress. You know? Right. Well, and that's yeah. kind of, a, that's another um, question that we had for you is there's a big difference. Well, I think there's a big difference. I know you can't share um, see all the secrets of your city with us, but, uh, you know, Mayor Wilkins was in charge of a city um, that sat on top of a hellmouth, So that I'm sure changed certain things about the way he ran right. He leaned into it. He did. He did. And Not everybody would. That's so his if governing you, style. If you hypothetically found out, hypothetically, hy- hypothetically, of course, hypothetically. Uh, you know. I mean, yeah. this is this is just a silly TV show. <laughs> so this is just all. <laughs> hypothetically, you find out that your your city does in fact sit on Hellmouth. What would like? How would you handle that? Yeah, I thought I've I've thought about that. Okay, okay. so there there are three things. Um. First is
4: prevention. Okay, so you have to train, <laughs> right? You have to train your staff about well, maybe your water department is um, when they're doing their uh, their treatment to make sure it's clean that there's not a an uptick in you know extra demon. Something or mm. bacteria or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Your 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 wastewater treatment maybe have a little more, um, you know, viewing of the underground sewers and do little things. You know, your police patrol is a whole different scenario here of what you're patrolling and when. Right. Um, hot spots and defensible space. Your fire department. <laughs> you know, you're really gonna have to figure out how to deal with defensible space. <laughs> should you be in a situation where not just a natural disaster happens, but you know, a whole bunch of vampires show up, right? I mean, you know, so right. So there's that. So then, so there's that's the prevention. Side. But then when, when not if, but when the Hellmouth wants to open or there's something going on or there's a pending apocalypse, then you have to open up the EOC, the the Emergency Operations Center, sure, of, of which course. we have one. Okay. And the way most cities work, as this one does, is that every uh, city department has their role when you open up the EOC, you, you sort of shift, right? So I would think the library staff would open up the secret books in the vault and try to figure out what the hell's going on. Or, um, you know, you'd have your public works department trying to clear up you know, the, the carnage that's happening quick. Mm-hmm, so, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you sort of switch into this emergency mode, you Yeah, know? yeah. Um, but the thing that Mayor Wilkins didn't do that I would do was mm-hmm. I would have more community-based committees to work together to try to um, – now, I'm not evil. I mean, right, right. So, so –
3: Or so you say. Or so,
4: so you know. but, well, but or, January, we, or have a committee. What is it, January 8th?
3: Is, uh, ninth, no, ninth. January, January 9th, 9th okay, um, right, okay.
4: yeah. But, uh, you know, have a community-based group that works on – Um, the intervention and the enforcement piece Mm -hmm. as well, not just your police department. So, you know, there's all these different roles that everyone can play.
3: I really wonder what the state of the country would be in if everyone had to answer that question before they were elected. You know, like what would you do if you if you found out that your country was on a hellmouth and then we got to just decide from there? Because I would I would have voted for you. People could
4: argue that something's happening in the last 12 months. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So that. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're coping. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Speaking of unknowable dark forces, I have two bonus questions.
3: Two bonus. Ding, 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 ding,
2: Um, Do you know off the top of your head how many cemeteries there are in Santa Barbara? Wow. Off the
4: top of your head, top of my head. Well, let me. Th- there's the in the city limits. Soul. I want to say, I want to say, not as many as Sunnydale. Yeah, how many does Sunnydale have? Do you remember? Was it twelve?
2: I'm not saying anything until I get an answer. Oh, I, oh, okay, oh okay. okay.
4: I think there's three or four within city limits, if you count the one at the mission. Okay. That seems like a reasonable
3: amount for yeah. a city.
4: Hmm. I mean, there's more
3: outside the city. Right. But I think within the city. How many?
2: How many? I think there's 14. 14. 14. So many. I think there's 14.
3: That's a high turnover, you know? Uh, so. Is there anything that you want to share with us that we haven't asked you about? I wow. mean, there's. I know that limits really are endless with that question, but know I mean the series and I think I said it before but
4: I I really think it, it's such an amazing series first off I mean the dialogue is all the puns and quips and things are really quite something but um, the character development of all of them um, throughout the whole season the whole series in the arc and what happens to them along the way uh, is really phenomenal I don't think there are many as many um, series like that out there and dealing with Epis- issues that are timely uh, and sometimes they really delve deep and sometimes just a one ep- one-off episode on something important. Uh, and and it reminds me that uh, people are layer- multi-layered and no one's perfect mm. uh, and you need each other to make, to save the
3: world. Well, wow.
4: Said.
2: wow. I don't know when the next time in my life, if ever there will be another time, when I will have the opportunity to say the following phrase, Madam Mayor... Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and take us all over your beautiful city and reveal to us its many Sunny Dalian secrets.
3: Mm-hmm. We really appreciate it. It's been it's been just a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. This has been absolutely incredible. So thank you both, and also thank you for all of the work you have done over the course of so many years. Right, Hell, I know yeah. that you've been mayor for eight years. Is that mm-hmm. that's a two term? I know about politics, mm-hmm. uh, so, but you know your work with Planned Parenthood and your work just generally being uh, a badass smasher of the patriarchy on a constant basis is very appreciated. Thank you. Yeah.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: thank you again so much to mayor helene what a joy
2: yes also thank you so much to tanya darcel and heather for all pitching in to take us around santa barbara and teach us a thing or two yes
3: speaking of all of them pitching in together <laughs> So we, we were sitting uh, at Tanya's house in a, a room that is off, uh, like a building that's sort of off of their house that she had converted. Into, into the bronze. Into the bronze. Including correct signage and teeny tiny sign that said DJ night, no cover outside the Yes, there the was a pool table. There was. There was a cake. That said, Happy Buff Day. That's right. Be- In the correct Buffy because font. Because something that we didn't tell you is that it was Mayor Helene's
2: birthday it the was day that we the were It was the day of Mayor Helene's that birthday. That day. And Darcell had just
3: had a birthday and I was about to have a birthday. Yes. A lot of birthday so, observation. Right. And Darcelle was hiding behind the pool table and jumped out <laughs> to yell, Surprise when we walked in. <laughs> I mean, the the amount of things that we could tell you about this wonderful trip, I, I like we could go on for days and days and days and days. Uh, but two things that I want to say: one is that we are well aware that like this incredible trip could probably happen to us if we randomly selected any person listening to this podcast right now. Like it is just the prime example of how badass all of you are, and and how, how sweet and how giving yes. and how generous and how lovely. Oh love a love a buffy fandom, you know, like just yes. the most beautiful place on the whole dang planet. Speaking of the other thing oh my God. that I want to tell you is that there were a set of performances done for us uh, right after our interview with Mayor Helene. One of them was a song that Heather wrote and performed about Buffy years and years ago, wrote in the 90s. And she performed that for us. And we're going to play you the recording of that song at the end of the episode because it's really beautiful. Yes. Second is a duet that was done between Mayor Helene and Tanya called Gotta Have Faith. And it's it's the George Michael song with reimagined lyrics incredible performance there. Amazing. And the third, we're going to share a little snippet of this. The third took us completely by surprise. Nobody saw this coming. The four of them performed for us a song that some of you may recognize
2: from a season six episode of Buffy. Yes. From the musical episode. Don't worry, no spoilers. No spoilers. They changed the lyrics to be entirely
3: about our podcast. <laughs> so we're just going to play a little clip of it here because you really to really get the effect of it, you need to see the video. So we go over to our Patreon page, the video will be up for everybody to see and you can see the entire performance of this song as reimagined by all of them and uh, also read the lyrics which were rewritten. It's just it's so magical. So let's hear just a little clip of the four of them performing.
6: Let's listen to buffering it makes real life easier to weather. There's nothing we can't face if
3: there's a jingle. So that's definitely one of the best thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, agree, agree. Our, so we brought our friend Gretchen with us, who was recording and like doing pictures and things like that for us to help us with the trip. And she was so upset by the time it was over because... None of us realized what was going to happen, and so she was videoing them, but the whole time she was videoing, she was like, all I wanted was to be able to somehow also get your responses, because Jenny and I, like, (laughs) shrunk into our chairs and, like, plastered our hands over our faces and just, like, were agog. I I don't even use that (laughs) word, and we were, like, fully 100%. First and last time I hope to ever be agog. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you all so much again. so beautiful. Just such a wonderful wonderful group of human beings.
2: Speaking of wonderful human beings, next up is our conversation with Perry and Steve from Nerf Herder, which is very exciting. They were so, so, so sweet. Perry is responsible for vocals and guitar and Steve is responsible for drums,
3: which both of which are super sick <laughs> And the theme song, as you may know. Yes, and they had, as you might imagine, so many incredible stories to share with us in this interview. They also give us a gift. That uh, I think I don't think it can be topped defies description defies all description. Uh, We are so excited about it. You will hear all about that gift and all of their stories uh, right after these incredible ads that we're going to read to you. Hooray. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie, anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself
0: Good. Good. This is fun.
3: Thank you for having <laughs> us here. We haven't even begun yet, so we're glad you're having fun. <laughs> um, we are very thankful to have you both here with us today. Oh, thanks oh, thank for having you.
0: us thank here. Thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah oh my goodness. We're big fans of the mayor of our town, so we're we're happy to come here and support her in her in her interview.
2: Now, yeah. when you say mm-hmm. the mayor of your town,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: do you mean Madam Mayor, or do you mean Mayor Richard Wilkins III? Just checking well, just for we're, clarity.
0: We're talking about Helene, of course. Okay. But, uh.
7: <laughs> but but we did play a Halloween show in Santa Barbara, and Mayor Helene showed up uh, dressed as Mayor Wilkins. So that That's was pretty right. cool. <laughs> And she judged the costume contest for yes. us and was great.
3: Wow! Did yeah. she yeah. judge herself yes, the winner?
5: Yeah.
7: No. I think it, was, carrot a, it was a carrot. Yeah. Carrot won.
3: A carrot Ooh. won.
7: Yeah. A you carrot. wouldn't
2: think a carrot nice, because take... like eyesight and vegetables and baby It was contra-
7: It was
0: controversial actually. <laughs> but, <laughs> was contest, but uh, <laughs> carrot did win.
3: So talk to us. I mean, why don't we just start with the fact that you wrote the theme song.
0: Wrote and performed the theme per- song. Yes. And performed on it at the Bronze. Uh, on the third to last episode, Empty Spaces. You oh, probably saw yeah. – we're on the episode for about a tenth of a second. You <laughs> stand by.
3: So, t- so tell us start, – let's start at the beginning. Um, how did this happen? Like how did it come to be that um, you created this theme song and performed this theme song?
0: So I was si- uh, I was at work, and uh, the office manager there called me and, or, or paged me and was like, hey, you've got a call. So I, I went to the phone because it was – long time ago and I didn't have a cell phone <laughs> and I, I get the phone and the, uh, there was a guy and he explained to me that his name was Joss Whedon and that he was a fan of our band Herder, which had just had our, uh, our record come out on a tiny indie label and that they loved our record on the set of this TV show that he was filming called Buffy the Vampire Slayer and he he asked me if I'd seen the movie which I had so I knew I kind of knew about it but I didn't know who he was. And he said, uh, you know, we really like your band and we need a theme song for our show. And we're asking bands we like to come up with ideas. And so that's, that's uh, how it started, which is crazy because he, you know, he's Joss Whedon. That's he doesn't like- just call you up out of the blue.
3: I feel like the younger people who listen to our show will be like, was that what it was like before cell phones? You know, it
0: like Joss <laughs> Whedon
3: would just
2: call you on your
0: phone. And before email. And and I remember sending him the song on a cassette tape.
3: Wow. <laughs> uh, does that cassette tape exist?
0: I don't think so. What an incredible- It i have been destroyed. I don't uh, know where it would be. What a magical thing it would be. Uh,
3: so, okay. So you, you got this call. Now, yes. other people were submitting too, or-
0: I think so. I think- he explained that they, that, the, that Fox had hired, some someone, network person had hired kind of a professional song or a professional theme song type of guy. And it was more orchestral and like more, uh, you know, less of a band sounding thing and that they didn't really like it for the show. And so they were asking bands that I think bands that they probably thought they could get for cheap, but no one knew who they were to, uh, to submit ideas. And so, uh, yeah, so we just—they just happened to like the one we did. I think they probably asked ten bands or something.
3: And you made the best one, clearly. <laughs> clearly, actually, uh, your your mayor here in Santa Barbara told us that um, you were asked to play the song twice at that Halloween uh, show because no one can just hear it one Only time. Only twice, That's right? We oh. probably
0: played it ten times. For her. <laughs> we always play it a lot. This is kind of short, and it's right. uh, it's really fun to play. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you have a like a guesstimate? Uh, of how many times in your life you have performed that song?
0: Oh Wow! What do you think? Steve?
7: Thousands? Hundred billion? <laughs> no, we, we, we've we've literally it? had shows where we've played the song ten times throughout, yeah. throughout the set, not in all in a row, but sometimes we play it two, three times in a row, and then we come back and play it again.
0: It's and a good and... palate cleanser between the other <laughs> songs.
7: <laughs> you just like you just like doing that.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of shtick that we do along with it, but, um, and in the UK, the show was much bigger there, so when we'd play, when we'd tour um, over there, a lot of people coming to see us would be because of the show was so big over there, so we would end up playing it a lot right. over there.
7: And a lot of cosplayers show up at some of those shows um, dressed up in fangs. They're like, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then our punk rock fans are going, what's up with these weirdos with the fangs? <laughs> <laughs>
3: They didn't just fit right in. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that kind of leads to one of our questions, which is how this has impacted your career uh, and your life in general.
7: Well, we're we've been doing more uh, more uh, conventions. Um, in fact, we just played New York Comic Con, and Sick. Uh, Amazing. it was it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we've been getting out and branching out into that world, which has been great. Meeting new fans, uh, you know. More on the, the geeky side than the punk rock side, and um, touring overseas, we were always like playing to crazy guys with mohawks, and <laughs> and now there's just crazy people with uh, with uh, you know geeky personalities.
0: <laughs> it's been great to just be associated with the show because it's such a great show, and that's neat to be part of something you can be proud of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that. We I mean we could have done the theme song for I'm not going to name a terrible show, but use your imagination. <laughs>
3: Well, What was your, like, what is your relationship to the show? I mean, we know you created and performed the theme song, but then, you know, did you watch it through one time? Like, what, how does that work for you all?
0: We watched it when it was, when it was on, well, when it started, we, it, this, this is actually kind of weird. We didn't even know that they were going to, we kind of thought they weren't going to use our song. So we were on our first tour, which was with Weezer, and I remember talking to someone on the phone. They said, "Hey, we watched this show, and you guys did the song for it. Oh, and wait, they actually used it. What? Yeah, <laughs> they used it. And then um, so so. But then we started watching it when we when we weren't on tour. We didn't, of course, back then you you had to you know watch it on TV when it was on. So uh, we <laughs> uh, we would watch it when we weren't weren't uh, traveling around
1: right
5: but, yeah. and they
0: would and like the cast before it actually aired i remember the cast coming to shows and stuff when we'd play in la it'd be like everyone um sarah michelle gellar wouldn't be there but like a lot of the other cast would just show up to see us oh.
7: yeah it's uh they were uh rumor has it when they were filming the first season when they were they'd already started filming when they uh were in search of a new theme song and uh they were playing our album on set in between takes and you know dressing rooms and whatnot and uh, and yeah, quite a few of the cast members were super into us, and they all suggested, "Hey, what about Nerf Herder?" And it was, I it mean, was pretty, yeah, pretty surreal going yeah. back. At the time, like we had no idea what to, what to really think about the whole thing, is we had just been signed to Arista Records, a major label record deal situation, and we were just, this is great, we're gonna be rock stars, TV show. Uh, no, we want to go on tour, and like <laughs> and it was. It ended up being this huge thing, and we were just—we're still to this day like flabbergasted. It's like, how did we land that amazing thing? We never expected. Very lucky,
0: and also at the time we were just guys like who had been playing in our garage, and you know, we we didn't—we weren't professional at all. And that's (laughs) one—I know one of the questions you're going to ask because I'm a mind reader. (laughs) You're going to ask why the why the theme was redone at the yes, this is an important question. So Uh um, when we went to, they arranged for us to record the uh the theme song the first time and our record label had scheduled for us to be on this tv show called love lines which was on mtv oh yeah the same day Mm, and it was kind of like they didn't like us doing this thing for this tv show because they had just purchased us and so (laughs) they we had like an hour to record it so we ran in there we didn't know what we were doing we'd never been it was a really fancy recording studio like we'd never been in before and we we did it really fast and I think they were like, didn't Allison Hannigan tell you they were kind of bummed because we had we like had to
7: split and we go to the same thing. Yeah, it was really really fast. Uh, we were our A and R guys were there um, pushing, going, All right, we, we have ten minutes. The limo's yeah, going like to be here in ten minutes. Watch. We got to go. We got to go. No, forget Played this thing and, and we're just uh, so we we crank it out and we um, and we head over and. Go on, love lines, and talk to those uh, Adam Carolla, and uh, and we didn't say a single word. (laughs) It was (laughs) it was the biggest bust ever. was terrible. In the same time, our A and R guys are still off to the side going, "Doc, say something," and we're just Uh, going.
0: uh, It was intimidating, (laughs) and that's why. And we never heard anything else about the song until it was on. And so we didn't that's why we thought it wasn't gonna get used. Right. Because we sort of felt like, oh wow, record label really made us leave fast. Mm. They're gonna they're gonna use some other song. Yeah. So wow. it was very strange. And so they asked us to re-record it just so it would sound, I think, a little more professional. Um,
7: I don't really have a preference for either one. Yeah. But it's, you... it's definitely well on the sec the second version we added the bong at the end. Yes. <laughs> which in turn was adopted by the angel theme song, uh-huh. I might add.
1: <laughs> <Yes. sighs> hmm.
7: They stole our bong.
1: I was going (laughs) to (laughs)
5: say. How
7: dare they?
2: (laughs) So, like, both versions are majestic and special in their uh, own ways and so great. Um, God, I love the pick slide. God, I love the drumming. God, I love the melody. Everything's so great. Performances are amazing. Great, 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 great job. I finally the validation you've been seeking from me. (laughs) Thank you, Um, we
5: appreciate it.
2: I have a couple of questions. Uh, you added the bong. Did you guys put the wolf howl in originally? Was that your idea, or was that added by the show? Oh,
7: uh, that was those guys. Those yeah. guys. I don't. We didn't do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what about
2: the witch shriek that happens in seasons one and two version, oh. but not season three moving forward? Yeah,
7: that was them yeah. as well. We didn't yeah. do anything. Okay. Really. Okay.
3: okay. Is that, yeah. And that, that was just like okay, like you know what I mean. They could just put in sound effects. They obviously. could, do, it they could they do whatever they wanted. They wanted. <laughs> as long as they're check cleared. <laughs> <Yeah. really laughs> no. No. And even
0: that, like, we didn't even. Like I said, we didn't know it was, was even going to get used right. the first time, so they just they were trying to fix it up. I'm sure that that is like covering up some
7: uh, mistake we made.
2: <laughs> sounds impossible to me, personally.
3: It's oh. just
7: covering up our AR guy, A&R guy <laughs> saying, Tell
3: "Hurry them. up!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, were there ever? I mean, it sounds like you were asked for a specific thing, which was just music. Yeah. But one of our questions was if there were ever lyrics to the song
0: there weren't ever lyrics.
3: It wasn't like,
2: slay vampires. <laughs> and
0: then just sort of
5: repeat, slay
2: well, vampires over and over. That down. is
0: the best lyrics that have been su-
7: suggested. Well, so hell there yeah. There is a version. I'm going to use that. There is a version that, we, that we've played acoustically um, with the whole band. Um, well, you know, when we play electric, you know, that's how we play the song. It's got all distorted guitars and leads and all that stuff. And you, it doesn't really translate acoustically. So we'd have the whole crowd yell, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs> so can, meow everybody it. meowing it, which is, sounds pretty phenomenal. Yeah, sounds when you have sounds great. Like People a, love a, that. A big, you pulled it off at of DragonCon a couple of times, and, uh, and it's just always a lot of fun.
3: So wow. Oh, my God. Well, I, I want to know just a little bit, too, about your lives at this point. Like, the show came out in 96. Is that right? 97? I think it
0: was 97, 97? like just January or something, right?
7: Yeah, we yeah. were That's we were on tour when it first aired.
3: And it sounds, because yeah. like from from the the timeline of what you're telling us, like you, you were also, like this thing happened, which is why we're talking, but there were other huge things happening at, at that time.
0: Yeah, we didn't think, it just was weird. We had just gotten signed and we were all of a sudden, we're on our videos on MTV and we were, you know, opening for Weezer, which was really cool, yeah. but we... um you know, the show was just like, oh, we did that thing, and we just didn't even think about it. But later on, realized, oh, this is like the going to be the biggest thing we ever did. Was, was uh, the, the Buffy theme.
3: Do you have? Memories of like, you know, you've played the song you said I think a hundred billion times um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I I wonder if you have any stories of like, you know, were you brought into any like cast part? Like, oh, yeah You know oh, what I mean? Boy. The, yeah, so tell us some if you have any fun stories we've, from- we've
7: got a lot of crazy stories. Uh, well, maybe maybe one <laughs> <laughs> we, we know, What party was that? Yes,
5: tell us like, that there, one there
7: was um, okay early on when uh, you know the show I think it was maybe in the second season at this point and uh, and the message boards were getting really, really popular, and there was the Buffy message board. I'm not sure what it was called, but there was a—it was basically a huge club of all these people. With a, it would post about the show, and they threw a party in L.A. and it was like the Buffy uh, message board party. And they had members of the cast. I think David Boreanaz was there, and uh, Joss was there, and we were also brought as VIPs. And um, we didn't perform or speak, but uh, we just got really drunk. <laughs> And I think I made really a serious bad. ass of myself, but uh, it was fun. Yeah, it was, it
3: was pretty fun. <laughs> so what we want is to find somebody else to tell us the story of, <laughs> of that night. Yeah, <laughs> that night, yeah. yeah.
7: yeah. Um, I think one of the cooler, uh, aside from us being on the show itself in the Empty Spaces um, episode, um, when they were filming the first season, they brought us in to see the intro before our music had been placed. And this is what the intro is going to be like. This is where your song's going to go. And I think one of my best memories was when we were—they took us uh, kind of a quick tour through the set, and they were filming a scene in the Bronze. And uh, Julie Benz came out in full makeup, oh. and we met Darla and in full makeup, and they were shooting a scene. And as a matter of fact, they were shooting a scene with stunt—her stunt double. On a pool table, oh, in the bronze. We
3: know that scene. We you know that scene. Oh yes. Okay. Of course. So they
7: were filming that. We kind of like peeked in and saw that. So we chatted with uh with um, Julie for a little bit, and that was really really interesting. I'm like, this is this is real. She's wearing like <laughs> vampire makeup. This yeah. is. Yeah. There's
3: like guns in that scene. Yeah, even. they're not That's messing like an around. Scene. So that no, was
7: that I'm was serious. pretty cool seeing that.
3: T- tell us, too, a little bit about um, filming, you know, when you did uh, film at the Bronze yourselves.
0: Oh,
7: yeah. You guys no. are,
3: if I'm remembering correctly, the last band that
2: plays at the Bronze, yes. right? Yeah, they yep.
0: invited us Sick. to be the last band. And I think we're at the sign of the apocalypse is our, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's our band. Yep. It's kind of very funny. But, um, yeah. And w- so we were there when they were kind of winding down filming. And so we got to grab some souvenirs. of so Steve brought some. Yeah, things, right? I brought like, some souvenirs. What? Like you could just grab, like I think I got a pencil from the high school. Oh. It we was had really fun.
7: We had free reign the entire set. Nobody nobody cared. We did whatever we wanted. We were playing with the props. We were going from room to room and like messing around. We sat on the couch. We're
3: Redacted. Redacted.
7: You know, just, oh it was. God. It was
3: too soon was, <laughs> for the room. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah,
7: yeah. <laughs> don't, Sorry. Don't you got like an audience response like we had oh, 200 can, you, people in you here. Can, you can bleep that out. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so, so um, one thing that uh, one thing that we were doing was uh, raiding the dumpsters, and they were literally tearing up the Hellmouse.
3: This is a good uh, anticipatory. And this is literally
7: Russell. a piece of the hellmouse. And, and there was this dumpsters and dumpsters and dumpsters. So I'm like, I'm taking it.
3: Oh, so uh, if you want
7: to pass it around, you don't get to keep it. Yeah,
3: definitely. I mean, uh, how could anyone? That, wow. I think this is the best reveal that will ever happen to him.
1: <laughs> <Jake>. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice now. Ah. Still warm. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, hi. Something happened off air that we need to tell you. Jenny is bursting with excitement. Jenny, tell them what happened. They gave us a piece of the hell mouth. They did. So Steve, so we finished the interview and we walked outside, and Steve had this big piece of the hell mouth. Big piece. You'll see the photos on our social media accounts at bufferingcast. On you just spoke over mine at bufferingcast on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. You're gonna see these pictures. Big slab of the Hellmouth. mouth, and we walked outside, and Steve said, "Well, you know." I don't see why I couldn't just. And then, as we stood in horror, <laughs> he, he snapped a piece of the hellmouth off of his piece of the hellmouth and gave it to us. Which I think will just eventually grow into its own yes, full sized
2: hellmouth, <laughs> if
5: I understand how correctly. How it works.
3: So, we have in our possession right now a piece of the fucking hellmouth. Are you kidding it's me? Still warm. Still still warm. And uh, in addition to that, they also gave us a two shooting scripts that belonged to, to Nathan Fillion. Nathan. No big deal. Fillion. So they were just full of wonderful gifts. And I mean, we're going to jump back into the interview. But God, if these two human beings could have been any nicer. No, no, no. Just, just dreams, both of them. So we wanted to let you know we couldn't wait any longer to tell you <laughs> that the two hosts of your favorite podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer now are the proud owners of one small piece of the Hellmouth. All right, let's get back into the interview. Yes. We kept to, we yeah. see st- wondering why you were carrying around that shopping bag. Yeah, I
7: have some other stuff too.
3: Yes, please. Oh my yes, gosh, yeah. this is X. Ex- this is just going wonderfully. I think wonderfully. that's the best thing. Yeah.
7: <laughs> Here is a copy of the script, Empty Places, signed by Eliza Dushku and Sarah Hagen. Uh, it, wasn't wow. our, it wasn't our personal copy. It belonged to Michael De La Housie, but He was a cameraman. so going to call in.
3: Excuse me. He gave us
7: his copy. That's yeah, so, uh, nice of him. So, yeah, we got wow. him.
2: I just want to let everybody know that the way that Eliza Dushku signed this script is <laughs> the most faith thing ever. To Steve, dope chilling with you, man. <laughs> Peace and all the best. With love. Uh, Faith the Vampire She didn't write Faith the
3: Vampire
7: <laughs>
3: Um, Well, are, are there any things that you would like to share with us that we haven't asked you?
7: Um, I just, yeah, that when we were kind of running around the set was really fun. What else did we do? I feel, feel like we should have gotten in trouble, but we didn't.
0: Yeah, they, they locked. All the other actors had to stay in this sort of pinned in area where they couldn't leave. But they're like, "Oh, Nerfur, you can just run around the set." So we just were able to walk
7: around with no supervision at all. It was so fun. It was oh, great.
3: You have the you have the hell mouth to prove it.
7: Uh, you know? Oh, the we hung out in Xander's basement. Uh, i think yeah i think i i rode his his uh exercise bike oh my god (laughs) Uh, (laughs) just random things um what else did we i know we saw a million things the prop room was really fun we you know we were playing with the props
3: if only there had been somebody following you all around with a camera it just sounds like it would make for a great little short you know
7: yeah
3: (laughs) nerve herder (laughs) goes to every room above me the vampire slayer Well, thank you. Beau. Thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. This it was, was fun. really fun. Yeah, this is great. Um, I'm glad that Jenny could uh, give you some new lyrics for your song. I know it. You've We're been gonna really use those. <laughs> yeah. No credit them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks for giving us a theme song that uh, keeps us going, quite literally, especially these days. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> thank right, you. Thanks. Yeah. Woo! Woo!
2: Wow, thank you
3: again Ugh. to Nerf for to being, being two harder? peaches. Gosh, two serious peaches. Just Perry and Steve. I hope that we get a chance to hang out with Perry and Steve again in this buffering journey of ours because they were such a dream. Uh, and you should follow everything that they do because they rule. Yes. Viewing hours for our piece of the hellmouth will be posted on our website. <laughs> Just kidding. You can't touch it. Nobody can ever touch it. We're going to get it encased in glass, aren't we, Jenny? Yeah, and that glass is going right under my pillow. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to up our renter's insurance. I'm going
2: to be buried with it. Yes. <laughs> oh,
3: my God bury me with my hell mouth. <laughs> Well, I think we can snap it in half and you can be buried with half and I should be buried with half. Can't
2: we just go in the same coffin? Wow, this is going great. Sorry. Yeah, this is really nobody's <laughs> business but ours. So hey, that about wraps up our special Happy
3: Holidays. Santa
2: Barbara episode. Happy
3: Holidays. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, though, we do hope that you are having safe, warm and happy holidays. We know, as we talked about, in our last episode, that the holidays are wonderful for so many people and they are not so wonderful for so many people. Mm-hmm. So if if you're out there and you're having a hard time, um, you're struggling, do know that we are here. We understand. We feel what you are going through. We have written a song for you, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the episode Amends, Jenny and I wrote a song that is about, maybe it's about an insold vampire standing on a a cliff while it snows in California. Mm. But more than likely, it's about the feeling that many of us have when we feel we're not close to some of our family members, or when we uh, hold tight to chosen family around the holidays. And you can listen to and download that song for free over at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash amends. I also want to remind everyone that Everyone is Gay, an organization that I run for LGBTQ young people has a free digital e-care package you can find it over at everyoneisgay.com slash love it's called where the love light gleams and it is a collection of really incredible resources done by a lot of people that i know and work with kate leth designed the cover jenny owen young's Who? Free- uh, you you might know her. Her name is Jenny Owen Young. Mm. Uh, she created the mixtape. There's a crossword puzzle, a journaling page, a coloring page. And it's just a bunch of really fun things that you can print out or read, scroll through on your phone, etc. For maybe some of those moments when you need to take a little break for yourself.
2: We'll be back next week with The Zeppo. And joining us will be special guest Andrew T. And also another thing I'll tell you, we're doing something really fun
3: with the song. We are. I'm excited about it. Me too. Hey, 2018. Let's start. Let's start Just fresh. Get wild, good. Yeah. You know? Totally. Anyway, at the top of the episode, we mentioned the fact that this episode being centered in Santa Barbara, uh, we would care of course about the fires happening in Southern California no matter what, but the Thomas Fire is the largest fire, I believe now in the history of the state of California and it has directly impacted our friends in Santa Barbara and their neighbors in Ventura County and their neighbors in Ojai and on and on and on. And so we just want to let you all know that if you are um, able to help, there are many ways that you can do so. But one which is really wonderful, it's a place called Direct Relief. You just go to directrelief.org. And when you donate, when you click donate there, it asks you what you want to donate to. So you can donate directly to the fires in Southern California uh help out in many ways. There are are people in need of supplies, people in need of food, people in need of shelter, and on and on and on. So uh if you can, in this uh end of year time, it's a it's a big time of giving. And so you can help our friends in Santa Barbara. Uh their beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place that they live uh has been endangered. And so we want to help them out and help all of their neighbors out as well. Yes, most definitely. Well, friends.
2: The time has come for me to tell you that my name is Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not making this podcast, I'm making songs. You can hear some of them at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering, and you can give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs.
3: Yes, and I'm Kristen Russo. You can find out more about me on my website, kristennoline.com. That's K R I S T I N. N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You can also use that spelling to find me on Twitter, on Instagram, and in several other places, probably. I mean, if you put Kristen Nolene in, what else is going to come up in your search results except for everything all about me? You can learn about my work with LGBTQ young people and their families at everyoneisgay.com and mykidisgay.com.
2: Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast, and you can always give us a holler at bufferingthevampireslayer
3: at gmail.com. Yes, there are also many ways to support us. You can go on over to iTunes and rate and review our show. It helps people find us, and that just makes our community stronger, which rules. You can also support us on Patreon by going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and clicking on Patreon. There's a lot of fun things you can get over there in that land. It's a really special... Speaking of community, it's a really special community. And you can also, of course, deck yourself out in Smash the Patriarchy merchandise, Buffering the Vampire Slayer merchandise, Slayerette and Cordette pins, uh, Randy for Giles pins, which will hopefully be back in stock very soon. You can find all of that in our store, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on shop and there you will be in a land of plenty. We also have a sale going on in that store. Just use the code BY2017, as in B-Y-E 2017, as in goodbye 2017. (laughs) BY 2017 will get you 15% off everything in our store until the end of the year.
2: Before we howl out, we want to let you know that we're going to end with a special song, atypical of us. It's not a song we wrote, but rather a song performed by one of our Santa Barbara hosts, Heather Stevenson. Heather co-wrote this song with Robinson Eikenberry, and it's called The Chosen One. I'll let you figure out what that might be referring to. And it's from her album, Golden, which you can find on iTunes and or Spotify, if whatever your poison of choice happens to be. Also, Heather. didn't Heather say that she
3: wrote this song in the 90s?
2: Yeah, that's right. In real time, along with the show, thinking deep thoughts about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Pretty sick. Also, also... Glenn Phillips of Toad the Wet Sprocket sings harmonies on this recording. I've played a few shows with Glenn Phillips and he is a real peach pie. What a dream and he sounds amazing as does Heather. The song is so beautiful and we hope you will enjoy it as much as we do. Until next time. A-woo! A-woo!
6: your throat, a constant reminder to you. Beyond faith, it's destiny's call. Sometimes you wish it weren't true. Immune to surprise, you keep watching till sun. Sweet. Regret, okay. But really
1: to yeah.